Dan and Corey here, welcoming you into Libservative. The great fundamental issue now before our people. Yeah, welcome in here. Democracy is still alive. Welcome in to Libservative. God damn it. We all got it wrong. I got it wrong. Corey got it wrong. The pundits got it wrong. Ben Shapiro got it wrong. CNN got it wrong. Fox News got it wrong. Everybody got it wrong. He, of course, is Corey Walsh. He is Dan Griffin. And I guess I should read the uh, the plug real quick, huh? Yes, because this is Libservative. <laughs> and at Libservative Podcast, we are found on all social media and podcast platforms. Our website is podpage.com slash Libservative. We can be found at Libservative on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Instagram and Twitter at Libservative Pod. And you can find our transcripts at libservativepodcast.wordpress.com. Our TikTok videos can be found at Libservative Podcast. And you can reach out directly at libservativepod at gmail.com. Subscribe today. Today, not tomorrow, not no, next today. week, not yesterday. Well, yesterday would be good. But today would be preferred. Corey Walsh, I am wearing my uh, my my Colorado hat. Because you were in Colorado earlier. Yeah, but not that. It'd be in honor of the race in uh, Colorado's third congressional oh, district. Okay. Your girl, your girl's <laughs> as, about to lose. Uh, as Lauren Boebert looks as if uh, I'm not going to say she's going to lose. It's a very tight race, but uh, a race that uh, Republicans should have won by upwards of seven to nine points. She is in uh, massive trouble, and that. It kind of speaks to Trumpism, which is going to be a little bit of the theme of tonight's show, but certainly not the whole thing. Um, on the docket for things uh, for for Corey and I to to talk about tonight, we're going to talk about the um, absolute uh, encouragement that Corey and I actually got out of this election. It has absolutely nothing to do with the people that won or lost any of these races, because we have no faith in any of those people, Republican or Democrat. But we do have. Some encouragement with regards to the way these midterms turned out. I'm pretty happy. I think Corey's pretty happy. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, Big Night for DeSantis. We're going to talk about uh, really kind of what the future of Trumpism is uh, because, you know, the midterms kind of told us something about the pulse of Trumpism. As of now, things could always change. Uh, Schizo, appreciate you. Happy to, to have you aboard. Uh, and, uh, Another big topic tonight is just going to be the fact that, uh, and this kind of constitutes one of the reasons why we're so encouraged, Corey, is that voters aren't fucking stupid. Yeah, they're not. They're not. Nope. They're not stupid. That's going to be a big theme. Going to be a big theme on tonight's show. And Corey also wants to go over a lot of the ballot initiatives uh, around the country that I think are flying under the radar that might tell us a little bit about possibly ending this bullshit duopoly that we see between yeah. Republicans. Yeah, I got a list. That's probably too long of all the different states. I went through all their ballot initiatives and seen what they got going on and stuff like that. And uh, no one's really talking about the ballot initiatives, but like, especially in a state like ours, the ballot initiatives seem to like really is what changes the sway and actually does stuff for us because politicians really don't do shit. 
And there was a ton across the whole country, and a lot of them went in interesting ways. And I thought it'd be really cool to talk about. We'll talk about them because, um, uh, Corey, I think you're in the same school of thought as me. Is it to where uh, ballot initiatives, I think, put a little bit better pulse on where American people stand based on or, uh, is, is with regards to certain issues. Yeah, uh, that I think a lot of uh, it, you know mainstream politicians and certainly the mainstream media uh, neglect to talk about, unless it's something that's super important on the ballot, like abortion is going to be going to be a big one that we talk about uh, here right. tonight. But I, we, we, when you strip away the two parties, it's amazing how people's brains think a lot clearer. We got to start with the fact that we are celebrating with two new beverages this evening, Corey Walsh. Uh, I have decided to go with, and I don't know how I'm going to feel about this one. Uh, folks that have listened to this show for a long time, they know that I'm a big fan of Whistlepig whiskey. Uh, and so I'm also a big Traeger fan. I think I talked about this last week a little bit. I bought the Smokestock whiskey, kind of the, uh, the the last of of the batch, because this is kind of a, a grilling season whiskey. They partner with Traeger because I'm a big Traeger guy to cook a lot with those grills. I know that's a that's that's a match made in heaven for you, huh? Exactly, and we do not. Maybe uh, we do. Uh, neither Whistlepig nor Traeger are a sponsor of the show, but we are accepting. And they've never let you down yet. Yeah, we are accepting applications. Uh, so uh, I'm I'm going with it. I don't I don't even know how much how long this is aged, which but I did compare it. I actually have it right here. I have the ten year rye with me, and I think Corey, you were able to tell on the screen the difference between the two colors here. Yeah, they're they're ten years. Definitely a lot darker. I got a feeling so we'll that see. I got a feeling that the ten year is going to have uh, uh, is going to be a lot more. Uh, uh, it's going to have a lot more to it. But I'm gonna crack this smokestock whiskey open. This was uh, smoked over Traeger Applewood. So nice. We're gonna see. We're and gonna as see, you do that, let me see how this goes. I have some Knob Creek Rye, which is also not a sponsor. But I've never had the rye before. I had a customer give this to me. I've been putting up Christmas lights the last couple of weekends. Christmas in October, what? Yeah. <laughs> no, people want them up when they pay top dollar for them. So. It's the Midwest for you. That's the Midwest for you. I'll tell you what, I'm going to try to do it in October every time because this 70-degree weather, Oh, I'll take I'll take that climate change. Oh, to the, to the nose, Corey? To the nose? Very smoky, as, as I would probably expect. So before we get into the politics, let's get into the whiskey. See, you went over ice. The first time you try a whiskey, Corey, can you try it neat? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I apologize. I'm I going apologize. There's, there's definitely a smoky, uh, certainly a smoky nose to this. All right. I'm not a rye guy, so. I like I like rye. Here's what I'm going to say about this, though. I'm gonna say, here's what I'm going to say about this whistle. It is, it is interesting. It is different. It is not super complex, but it is it is smoky. Like if you like smoky whiskey, it's not bad. Honestly, it's not bad. Would I pay- we make that a thing every time we uh, give our notes while not being tr- with a trained palate on, <laughs> on liquors? <laughs> would I would I pay eighty dollars for this bottle again? Maybe not, but. It's it's in, it might grow on me a little bit, but it's. I'll tell you what, I'll get some subtle smoke basil Hayden's, and I bet you it probably has the same smokiness to it, and it's like half the price, and it's probably better. Well, I'll, sa- I can- I'll save a little bit of the Whistlepig Traeger. I'll save a little bit of the Whistlepig Smokestock, and we'll do a cutting. 
We got a lot of bourbon people in here drinking. We got some person, uh, she's always drinking Jack Daniels. Ben Jerome, welcome to the show. He's drinking some Jack Daniel honey on the rocks. Yeah, this smoke stock is interesting. Just, just very, a bunch of bourbon boys hanging out. <laughs> it's very, 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 very interesting. Good. Very smoky flavor, but not super complex. I, I like it. I don't, I don't, I don't love it, but I like it. I will, uh, I'll definitely finish the bottle though. I might there be honestly, go. it might tonight. be better. It might be it tonight. Might be right? Better. Well, you're gonna no. finish it tonight. No, what do I look like? Uh, I know what I look like. Uh, no, but it might be, it might be better while I'm actually out. Uh, Smoking by the Traeger. Using your Traeger. When I use my Traeger drill, the first drink I go to is my Traeger infused whistle pig. Not. <laughs> We're really vying for some sponsorships here, huh? <laughs> All right, let's let's get into the midterms, Corey. I think the place where we should start is with some positivity, right? Which is that there, there, there. There are a lot, of, so dumb. a lot of things to be encouraged about. Because I didn't expect to come out of this election the way we were talking about it last week. I expected it to be super milk toast, super predictable. But every time we think that, it's never the case, right? Polls have been wrong for the last, at least since 2016, when Trump kind of turned uh, American politics on its ears. And I, I honestly expected polling to be more accurate this year for, for really for one reason, and that was the fact that we had more conservative pollsters out there than we had in the past. I mean, most of the pollsters were kind of left-leaning for the longest time. You know, you had the Daily, the Daily Wire, Trafalgar. You had some, some others that, that kind of came online, and you could kind of balance the two, and it's almost as if, Weirdly, the the more I guess I guess the more liberal pollsters were were it, strangely being kind of conservative with their predictions, and so again, polls kind of got it wrong. Now you will still have you know the goofy super mega people somehow claiming victory here. I, I mean, I got in an argument with a guy on Twitter earlier today. That was like, well, what do you mean Trump's all of Trump's candidates lost? And then he gave the raw number, right? The raw number of Trump endorsed candidates that have won so far, which if you what if is you that do, number? I don't know. If you do that, it's like he he won his his candidates won like two eighteen to nine or whatever. I, whatever it is. But when you use the raw number, you're talking about like state legislatures in Alabama, right? Like Trump had nothing to do with that. Those were always going to go red. In the key races, uh, Trump seemed to lose. Um, and I'm not I'm not really going there as to whether or not that's positive or negative. Really where I'm going is uh, the all-around IQ of voters seemed to come out in this election cycle. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that Trump wasn't on the ballot. I think a lot of people were voting kind of the same way that I did. And you did the first time for me, honestly, the first time I have, I, I didn't, I didn't go to the ballot box voting based on fear of something. Um, and I think a lot of the American public did the same thing. And you can see that with a lot of the split tickets and these split tickets it's not like it went just one way, right? There was there, you had the split ticket in Georgia, where you had uh, uh, Brian Kemp beat Stacey Abrams by a landslide, and you have a close race in that Senate seat, 
with so close, with, it's in a runoff with Herschel Walker and Raphael Warnock, and and may it looks like it's ultimately going to decide power in the Senate. And then on the other side, you had a split ticket in in Pennsylvania where the Republican candidate for governor got his ass wiped off the board, but you still had Dr. Oz relatively close against John Fetterman. So you kind of had it work both ways with Democrats and Republicans coming out on top. And to me, Corey, that is super, super encouraging. The the, the split ticket voting that I just didn't expect to see uh, throughout a lot of these races. Yeah, you're right. You know, it, it was, it's whether, like I made a post on our Facebook page, go ahead and follow it if you don't follow it, um, that like whether, like people, a lot of people look like their can- some of their candidates won, some of their candidates lost, you know, and like that's kind of what democracy is. And that tells me like, like when you mentioned Pennsylvania and you mentioned Georgia, it looks like people were literally going, uh, not Stacey Abrams. And then Warnock, like that's, you know what I mean? Like, like you said, they were going back and forth and they're going back and forth on their ballots. And that tells me that the people are now looking at more or looking more at candidate quality on the macro scale versus uh, just voting for whoever because they're a Republican or voting for whoever because they're a Democrat. Because they're not, obviously there are a lot of people that second. Do that. Let me interrupt you for a second just to reiterate that's because they're, I don't think they're voting based on fear, right? Because for the longest yeah, no. time, it was like, socialists are going to take over if the Democrats get elected, or we're going to be a fascist nation if, if Republicans get elected. And I think people are just for, tired of that bullshit. It's been the threat for almost 10 years, and it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> we're tired of it. Somewhere kind of in the middle <laughs> between a corporate oligarchy and a uh, fascist state. At the end of the line, uh, at the at the end of the day, it's like, I'm glad you I'm glad you brought up candidate quality because the candidate quality issues to me were very, very fucking obvious right from the beginning. I mean, Dr. Oz, you know, carpet bagger from out of state, right? That was that that whole narrative seemed to work work for for Fetterman. And I'm and I'm I honestly I kind of agree with it. Uh and then, you know, you, you have you have Herschel Walker is kind of the surprising one because he is just so obviously an awful fucking candidate for mm, a multitude of reasons. But then when when you want to talk about candidate quality on the Democratic side that was garbage, you know where I'm going with this, Corey, and that's Stacey Abrams. Yeah. Stacey Abrams is a garbage fucking Democratic candidate, which regardless she of actually how you want to look at it. This time, she did which I don't know. I don't know if this concession was for this election or the last one, but she she she, she did conceded. she did she did do that. Um, so like I look at, <laughs> I, I, I just, <laughs> just <hit you. laughs> but that that speaks to like one of the other things that encourages me about this election of like voters aren't so fucking stupid because one of the things that and 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 I I'm going to give examples of of each side doing this basically accusing voters of being stupid and losing. Um, I'll start with Stacey Abrams. Stacey Abrams essentially said that if she loses this election, it's because black men were the target of misinformation. So what is she really saying when she says that? What she's saying is black men are too stupid to understand misinformation. That's what she's saying. She's calling so her... She's calling her constituency stupid. I'll let you go in a second, Corey. Let me give the other side of Republicans, or in this case, pro-lifers doing it, right here in our very own state of Michigan, 
we had uh, a, a, a ballot initiative, Proposal 3, which was set to put abortion, instill uh, uh, in, in abortion rights into the Constitution. Corey, I'll let you say it. What was the slogan for the pro-lifers? Too confusing, too extreme. Too confusing, too extreme. Was Vote in front of no. every church on my ride to and from work. Vote no on Proposal 3, which is now the pro-lifers or conservatives, and in, I'm assuming in most cases Republicans here uh, in Michigan, saying you're too dumb to understand what this ballot initiative says. So, All six pages. So vote no. So these are two instances, two instances of Republicans and Democrats calling their voter base stupid or insinuating that they're stupid and losing. We learn, did, did we not learn this lesson with Hillary Clinton? Basket of deplorables. People are too dumb. You know, did we not learn this lesson? Stop calling your voter base stupid. Stop yeah. insinuating that they're dumb if you expect to win a race. Yeah, this really, really solidifies what we've been talking about when we talk about uh, how they're trying to stifle speech and things like that and talking about misinformation and disinformation. They're implying that we're all too dumb to decipher through it ourselves, that the government has to make that decision for us. Daddy government, And this baby. kicks this right in the nuts. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, people saw through bullshit. We saw a lot of votes go different ways, regardless of party pandering, fear mongering. Um I actually, I want to mention the the too 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 confusing, too extreme thing. I think this is really funny. Um, on uh, some of my local city politics pages, a bunch of people were com- talk, complaining about they didn't know that on the back side of the ballot was where their proposals were, <laughs> and that they weren't told explicitly that that's where the ballots were. When it's like everyone knows, just to check both sides of the ballot. And like I was in there, obviously being an asshole, I was like, "Is that the part that was too confusing or too extreme, or was it having to read six pages of fourteen font?" And I don't like, know. <laughs> I don't know how like ballots are in other states. Obviously, I've only voted in Michigan, but in Michigan, for the I, I st- my first my first election was in two thousand eight, and I've voted in every election since. And in every single one of those elections, the ballot initiatives are always on the back. <laughs> That's never changed. That's always been the case. Always. always. And every time they complain about it, I don't fucking like, get it. Turn it over. It's like it's like when you take a test in high school, right? You learn. They you teach always you turn it over. You always turn it over to make sure there's no questions on the back. Like this is an idiocy that we learned in the fucking third grade. Knock it off. Right. <laughs> I'm glad yeah, you brought exactly. that up. That's so great. <laughs> and uh so Guess who? He must have showed up right after because he said, uh, how can you have faith in voters when they elected a dead guy in PA? And we, we will, the way we explained that was because, yes, some people voted for Fetterman, but the, 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 the alternative was... Apparently this guy farted. We like you. We like you. <laughs> Guess who farted? This guy. And uh, so what we were talking about is how, yes, some people voted for Fetterman over Oz, but we think that's more of a poor candidate choice by Republicans. Like Oz, like, he was a carpetbagger. He was a grifter. All sorts of things like that. And then, but at the same time, in that same state, uh, what were you saying? I forget what it was. There was a Republican win there. But that's, uh, no, so so more people voted for Oz than voted for the uh, Republican candidate for governor. His name's slipping my mind. Maybe somebody will throw it in the comments for us. Um, But- Oh yeah, no, that was the Mastriano vote, right? Yeah, yeah exactly, Mastriano. Uh, that, 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 that's well, that's the, funny, actually. That's the split ticket thing we were talking about. Yeah, Mastriano was actually backed by the Democrats. 
and he lost. And so, so the Democrats did lose, actually, because so, his campaign was funded by Democrat money. So they were pushing up an extremist. I'm looking at the TV to my left here. Uh, yeah, so is so is Carrie Lake, and she's she's got a chance to uh, to win in Arizona, but uh, uh, I don't think she will. She's down currently, but you know, you never know as uh, more votes come in in Maricopa County. Um, but yeah, I mean, were the, th- that was those were the biggest reasons why I'm encouraged by this. Like it, it, the this idea that politicians are so out of touch, and people that are involved in politics are so out of touch that they can just they can just call they can just call their constituency and their voter base stupid, and and blame it on that. My voters were dumb, and that's why I lost. And you right. saw and you saw it on both sides of the you saw it on both sides of the ticket. This isn't meant to be both sidesism. It's just reality. This is just what happened. Yep. And then going, uh, so cleaning, cleansing totem Ooh, said, I, I like mean, that. to be fair, I mean, to be fair, all the election deniers lost at least. So this was another topic I wanted to bring up actually. Absolutely. So I'm glad he said it. And that's why I told him to stick around because another good thing that we saw in this election was the extremists and not necessarily just extremists on the right, but extremists on the left as well also lost. We saw Beto O'Rourke lose. Mm-hmm. We saw Stacey Abrams lose. We saw people who are super woke and diving into identity politics lose. And then we saw straight up crazy people on the right who are election deniers lose. And so we're seeing the ever swinging pendulum of American politics finally start to see some ebb. You know what I mean? It's starting to slow down a little bit and we're getting more moderate. Like we saw a lot of repu- like I but think and that might Corey, be why we didn't see a red wave. Let me stop you real quick because we also did see a at least two particular candidates both in the same state. I'm sure you're going to get you're going to be able to guess who I'm talking about. Win big on culture issues. And I'm talking about Ron DeSantis and Marco Rubio. Yeah. Because those those were the two those were the two Republican candidates that kind of ran on more kitchen table or, or, or didn't run on I'm sorry didn't run on like more kitchen table issues they ran on more cultural issues we're gonna stop wokeism and so it it makes you it does make you wonder because when we talk about culture on this show which we do many episodes we're not gonna do it tonight because we're talking about the midterms. It, it does make you wonder if that cultural pendulum switch shift is is kind of moving more back toward that conservative side when you're talking about you know CRT and you're talking about you know the kind of the transgender ideology that you know even some people that might traditionally vote Democrat are kind of weary about you know you see Matt Walsh's film What Is a Woman which I think God damn it. It seems like a hundred million people have seen that film, including myself, including you, you know, and took some things away from it. Even though I disagree with a guy like Matt Walsh on ninety-five percent of things, the gender ideology thing, you know, it makes you think. And so you you just like the political realignment is happening. I'm just not sure if it's happening in the way that was originally predicted, if that makes sense. Yeah, I always the way I always look at like big cultural shifts like that is it's it's a recalibration, you know, basically like a recalibration of a compass. You know, it it gets shifts, it gets a little wild. Everyone's being faced with these these issues and like everyone's taking one that they like and throwing away the other one and collectively as a society we're coming to this 
point where we're like, well, yeah, that was crazy, right? But at least now there's a little bit more rights for these people, but we're not running with it. Uh, I can't put this in the words exactly, but I think you might be picking up the gist of what I'm saying. Yeah. So there was a recalibration, and we are now realizing that, you know, there are trans people, and we do need to actually see them as people walking functioning members in our society. But maybe some of that that follows that is a little bit extreme. And just like, uh, actually, that's probably like my only real yeah, when example. You, but, 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 but when you're talking about children, a discussion needs to be had. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. I think it's the fair. Government, the government really tried to press that the government should have a say in what your uh, kids are taught and parents shouldn't. And we saw different votes and things like that. And that's in that case to where the parents said, the hell you are. It's my job to teach my kids morality. That's that's the Glenn Youngkin thing, right? Winning in, in Virginia. That's that's what Ron DeSantis won on in, in Florida. And so, like, it's it's going to be interesting. And like Charlie Crist, what was he? Just a, he was just a, he was a milk toast goddamn Democrat, right? And yeah. it's like it just it just didn't it just it didn't resonate. It didn't resonate with Florida voters, like because they're, they're I'm now on the page of like. Georgia is what Florida used to be, kind of that battleground state, and Florida is now firmly red. But I, yeah, I don't Florida's know. Ruby red. But I, I, honestly, Corey, I don't know if I'm willing to say that, like definitively moving forward when it comes to Florida because of the diversity in Florida. But I, I really think Ron DeSantis just is 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 a political fucking dynamo I, he, whether you agree with him yeah, or not he knows and I, how to and I, campaign and i just dis- how to run a campaign i disagree with a lot of what ron DeSantis does but i can absolutely admit to his his talent like he's an um, unbelievably good politician unbelievably good politician one of the best we've seen in quite some time he's like the first one called oh yeah yeah and he ran that campaign on his own because trump was down there supporting other people getting into tiffs with him had all this money put together, but didn't use any of it to back his candidates. Yeah. So with that, Corey, we'll move on to the next topic, which is where does Trumpism stand right now? I think he's a, I think he's a, uh, just a fading, a fading memory. I think people are already done with him. Trump. Uh, They're hopping on the DeSantis train. Trump is, see, it, to me, I'm going to disagree with you a little bit because we've, we've seen these things shift on a dime quickly. Like the Republican party has had multiple opportunities to do away with Trump. They could have done away with him after January 6th. They could have said, fuck you. That's it. We're done. I don't know. Maybe this is the time where they finally realize they don't need him because they don't, but they feel like they always feel like they do. So they kind of just, you know, slink back. So I think that might be because, you know, Trump had a bit of a he him stepping away would have created a vacuum. They they were uh, rudderless in the ocean. And you think DeSantis fills that? You think I think DeSantis fills that? Okay, I mean, because that seems to be the consensus, and and I have I have no I have no reason to tell you that you're wrong. Um, I also have a really. I am just not quite ready to say. "Eh, We've we've seen episodes like this before. I'm not quite ready to say Trump's gone. Just maybe that's the cynic in me, but I do understand the whole DeSantis filling the void in the Republican Party deal. I also have a really crazy, like, hot take prediction for 2024. You ready for this? Mm. And I could be wrong. It's two years away. I could be way off. 
This also depends on whether Biden has a heartbeat in two years and things like that. But the way we saw uh, DeSantis handily take Florida, right? And, and Marco Rubio, by the way, it wasn't just and DeSantis. Marco Rubio, but was, like I'm talking like. Marco Rubio ran for president or whatever, but he had his shot. I think DeSantis already overshadows him. Oh, for sure. DeSantis definitely just leapfrogged right over him. What I'm saying is that, like, the red wave actually did occur in Florida. Oh, yeah, it did. But that's (laughs) all on DeSantis. That wasn't on the RNC. The RNC was, like, still up up Trump's ass or whatever. Um, So I think that DeSantis has proved his salt and that he's probably going to be on the ticket in 2024. And I, so here's here's the hot take. That's not much of a hot take. That's what everyone's saying. Mm-hmm. Here's my hot take. We just saw Gretchen Whitmer win in Michigan against Tudor Dixon handily. And Tudor Dixon was basically the female embodiment, the Michigan version of DeSantis. Yeah. Yeah. She All she did was praise DeSantis' policies. She talked about how Florida's education system is great. Well, here's the one big difference, though. Here's the mistake she made. No exceptions. Right. Abortion. Right. No exceptions. But if you DeSantis, ask DeSantis. No, but DeSantis, did, this is what DeSantis did. DeSantis w- was not willing to embrace Lindsey Graham's national ban on abortion. He stuck hard at that six weeks. So I'm going to give DeSantis a little bit of extra credit there for that one. Okay. Where Tudor okay. Dixon doesn't get it. So my hot take is when the Democrats, you know, when you talk about strategy and thinking about like who's going to run next, if Biden does keel over, <laughs> which it's at any second, you know, it could be. Ninety-two <laughs> said if I did, they'd go for <laughs> Even if he keeled over. <laughs> even if he keeled over. Ninety-two <laughs> percent said they would vote for him. So here's my hot take, Dad. Yeah. Whitmer v. Uh, DeSantis in 2024. I mean, Gretchen Whitmer was a a popular. She was also a blowout, but she was also a popular pick for uh, Biden's running mate. The problem is, but she was white. Yeah, she's not black, so that 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 was never going to work. Um, would have been a much better pick uh, than what we currently have. Uh, but I don't want to. I don't want to get in trouble. So. No, dude, I, I can't. I can't go with that. But you're saying is if Biden did happen to keel over, right? Yeah, okay. I'm gonna go. Like, ahead. Who, like, who do they have? There's Kamala Harris, who everyone hates. Well, you can't. But People that's the thing. Everybody, everybody, everybody keeps saying with the cultural, uh, the way the way things are culturally, you can't just skip over the first black woman vice president. Like, like, do you do you think that 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 Woke ideology is going to keep Democrats in a spot where they have to go with Kamala. No, I'll say no because of the fact that they walked right over her in the primaries. (laughs) (laughs) They literally just used her as a step stool. Yeah, and I was for Susan Rice. If you were going to go with a black woman, I was, I was, I was going for Susan Rice on that one. But uh, that's neither here nor there. Uh, Right, but yeah. So I like. I think. Look, Whitmer. Whitmer. Look, Whitmer's a. a, She's a great politician. She's a masterful politician. That's what I'm saying. She's a good politician. I have my issues with her. I think you do too. Uh, I think for the most part, she's done a a decent job for Michigan, considering the ridiculous. Can can you can you shit on her for the COVID policies? Yeah, you can. Uh, Can you shit on her for the fact that she hasn't gone after? She hasn't tried to get her AG to go after. 
the people That's, that are responsible for Flint. Yeah. Not only that, not only that, letting her AG just botch um, the oversight of uh, the nursing homes. And that too. Yeah. That's another big one. Mm-hmm. And like, now to be clear, like everyone always talks about her with the nursing home things. And just to give a quick roundup, Gretchen Whitmer didn't kill old people. Like you see in the, uh, in the crazy, you that know, like, woman from Michigan, stuff like that. What happened that was that woman from she Michigan. told these nursing homes to section off areas for COVID positive patients that are elderly to put in their nursing homes. And then she just went, well, I got that settled. And then just let it go. Mm-hmm. But there were stipulations she put in place that they had to keep separate staff for them, had to keep them on separate floors and things like that. And she didn't follow up. She didn't follow up. These nursing homes were saying that they were following these protocols. And now there is proof that they didn't. And she didn't follow up. And she didn't tell her AG to look into it. And her AG isn't looking into it on her own. And that's where, as an AG, thousands of people died on your guys' watch because of malfeasance and you have to wonder you have to wonder if michigan had a republican attorney general would she have told him told him or her to look into it my guess is probably yes yeah because then you can't put you can't shove stuff under a rug and cahoots with each other you'd have to actually everything's out in the open yeah so that's funny too we got some sad news today I lost my first election bid. You did. Since we're on the topic of Dana yeah. Nessel. You did. That actually has little... a lot to do with where Trumpism stands. <laughs> <laughs> and my heart's a little broken. Um, but in Michigan, we had three, cho- like, well, there was this guy named Sickle or something like that, but no one even knew who the guy was. He didn't have a, you couldn't even find his picture online, just this ghost candidate. But we had three other viable options. And that was Dana Nessel, who we just talked about, botched the Flint crisis, Flint water crisis, when she had a chance to lock people away. The nursing home issue. And then we had DePerno, who was an election denier, and he fucking might be in jail by the time they're supposed to take office because him and some of his crew, they were tampering and fucking around and like trying to take election machines. To prove how easy it was, but they got caught, which is really funny because it shows the exact opposite of what they were trying to prove. And now he's in in the hot seat for being for fucking around with election machines, and he might go to jail. And then the third option was you, McHugh, who is a libertarian, <laughs> but he's like a nine eleven truther, and not like a nine eleven truther like you or I, Dan, where it's like, hmm, how much did America know? Why aren't we questioning Saudi Arabia when everyone that flew those planes in the buildings were Saudi Arabian? Um, what's going on? You know, no, he's like controlled demolition, yeah. jet fuel doesn't burn beams, and like, what about Building Seven, bro? And like, yeah, yeah. and when questioned <laughs> about it, he like gets heated and doubles down on him. And he's not an attorney. Now, in the state of Michigan, you don't have to be an. He's got a great memory. The attorney general. But when I saw those options, I was like. Fuck this. And I wrote my own name in. <laughs> and you lost. I did. And I lost. Womp, womp. And actually, that actually, I mean, the, the whole election denial thing, that's a, that's a big part of where Trumpism stands here because you're with me. We don't hate Republicans, but goddamn, yeah. Trump, Trumpism is toxic. And how do you know Trumpism is toxic? How do you know Trumpism ultimately faded and doesn't work? Yes, he still has his sycophants out there. Some of you might even be listening to this show, and we appreciate you joining us. But 
the problem with Trumpism is is it it was made crystal clear. It was made crystal clear. That's all by about him. this election. Oh, I thought you were talking about before this election. Yeah, no, it was it was it was made crystal clear by this election what the American people think. All of Trump's candidates, except for the maybe Carrie Lake, when it comes to the governor's race, governor's mansions, lost. Every one of them. Every one of them. The, wh- which 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 major Republicans got governor's mansions in their states? Brian Kemp, not a Trump guy. Nah, uh, he and Trump don't get along. Uh, DeSantis, Mike, definitely not a Trump guy. DeSantis, Mike DeWine in Ohio, not a Trump guy. These these are the Republicans that held on to their governor's mansions or won their governor's mansions. And meanwhile, Tudor Dixon, Tudor Dixon, who I gave credit to just last week for the way that she changed some of her uh, some of her rhetoric as we got closer to the election right here in Michigan got her ass kicked. Got her ass kicked. And it surprised me. I was shocked that I she lost. I thought that lost. was going to be a lot closer than it was. 100%. Yeah. I cannot believe she lost by goddamn near 10 points. Tudor Dixon turned Macomb County blue. Yes, she did. Now, that doesn't mean shit to any of our listeners that aren't from Michigan. <laughs> but if you... um. Macomb County is typically as red as LA County is blue. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Um, Reagan, Reagan, you know, you know how people talk about Macomb County, Corey. I'll help you out here. Go back to the 1980 election. They got Reagan elected. Reagan Democrats. That's yep. Macomb County. Yeah, Macomb. Yeah, yeah. Macomb County. And is they've been red ever blue since. Collar, blue collar manufacturing worker. You know, like when I'm here, there's. You know, yeah, it's 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 red. It's as it's as red as the fucking bars and, on the American flag. And they went for Governor Whitmer. Yeah, they turned they turned it blue. Now, 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 and see, now that's another thing too. When we talk about the straight ticket voting, like we just mentioned, now at the same time, John James won. John James, he's a U.S. He now he's what he's U.S. House. Yes, or U.S. U.S. House, right? For District Seven, your district. <laughs> yeah, U.S. House. Yeah, he's in the. He is now in. He and John James is as is. is very, very Republican. And he won uh like everything else here in Macomb County was red. But Whitmer turned it blue. And it's actually pretty surprised. That was actually really surprising. I was shocked. To me. I was shocked. We went into this. I, I thought it was very, 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 very possible Tudor Dixon could be Michigan's governor. Um yeah. and she wasn't. She got her ass kicked. And 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 Trump his 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 like his Candidates in the key races, in, in the, in the win. like the uh, the balance of power races, all lost or are very 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 tight to the point where I'm on Twitter and people are talking about Lauren Boebert barely barely and maybe not even winning a yeah, plus she's nine ahead, Repu- but that's still up a in plus the air. a plus nine Republican district. She's ahead by point two points, and like. So it's like outside of Marjorie Taylor Greene, everybody else, nothing. And maybe and possibly Carrie Lake and maybe just barely Lauren Boebert. It wasn't a good Boebert night for even Trump. A, it a just Trump, wasn't. Was she even like a Trump uh, endorsed person or is she just who's that? That person. Uh Boebert. 
Oh yeah, she's she's basically a clone, a, a a sexier clone of Marjorie Taylor Greene. That's 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 who. Laura right, Logan right. Is. But I'm saying, did Trump endorse her? I'm sure he did. I I don't know that for sure, but why wouldn't he? He probably got fucking. I'll fuck it and endorse her. As fuck. I, I mean, know. if Lauren Boebert were uh, a a White House aide in you know 1997, and Donald Trump were the president. We'd be talking <laughs> the blowjob scandal yeah, wouldn't we, be. We'd, we'd be talking about her like she was Monica Lewinsky. I mean, that's that's <laughs> that's, that's that's Lauren Boebert for you. She's uh, she's pretty atrocious. She's pretty awful. Uh, yeah. So th- th- the state of Trumpism right now, which is why I understand this whole DeSantis narrative right now, but it's like it's really really fresh, and I'm really really hesitant to sit there and say that Donald Trump is dead in the water. And I'll give you one good reason why. I've been watching election coverage on CNN, not because I like CNN, but just because it's cable news and I throw it on. Occasionally I switch over to Fox. It is what it is. Don't take it seriously. But what I've seen on CNN is the same thing that we've seen since 2015. Like you sit there and you talk about how much he got his ass kicked, which he did. Or his candidates did because he wasn't on the ticket, right? And all he was C- basically by proxy. All CNN can talk about Trump, 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 Trump. They can't Trump, live Trump, without Trump, him. Trump, so it's Trump, like Trump, this, Trump. this, this, this whole idea of the mainstream media trying to take down Trump. All they fucking do is talk about him. It doesn't stop, and I don't, in- I don't anticipate that it will stop. And so when will this thing turn back on its head and maybe maybe DeSantis does something stupid, maybe he makes a bad policy decision, whatever the hell it is, you know, I, I'm not I'm just not going to bury Trump just yet. It doesn't look good. He had a really bad night on Tuesday, all the way up until tonight, or his candidates did. But I'm not. I'm not ready to bury him as much as you are. And I honestly, Corey, though, I hope you're the one that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I he's done, done, me. done. I, I think mean, he... it, I think the voters showed pretty clearly that they're sick of him, and, and so like that's positive to me. Um, but again, I'm just, I'm just not ready well, to to bury him yet. Yeah. Like so, I have a a post from Ben Shapiro. And then here, and here he is. He has uh, eight was takeaways. A, by the way, was a never Trumper in 2016. He was always a never Trumper. Yep. Yeah, yep. for full context. But he has eight takeaways from the election in 2022. And he said Democrats will not change course on anything. They wildly outperformed expectations, except in Florida. Biden is their 2024 nominee unless he is fully incapacitated. Republicans wildly underperformed, and heads should roll. There are a lot of hope for the Republican coalition given their performance with Hispanic and black voters, but their candidate quality was poor and their leadership was either absent or counterproductive. Candidate quality matters. Underlying dynamics are not strong enough to drive bad candidates to victory. Donald Trump was a major drag in Republicans. From his picks to his antics, Trump picked bad candidates, spent almost no money on his hand-picked candidates, and then proceeded to crap on the Republicans who lost and didn't sufficiently bend the knee. This will have a 2024 impact. The Republican leadership class, paralyzed by the Trump phenomenon, failed to provide any leadership at all. And except for DeSantis, who was a leader, an excellent candidate, and an organizer of his own party, leading to Florida, leading to a Florida red tsunami. Basically, it kind of summed up everything we've been saying. Yeah. Thank you, Ben. But yeah, so like, 
I think I think this might be the end of Trump. You're you're ready to say that? I'm not. I'm not just yet. I hope you're right though. I hope you're the even one if he right. runs in 2024. I think it's going to be a joke. Well, I mean, even uh, I can't remember who it was. Was it an NPR reporter or something today? It was some reporter yesterday or today or whenever it was uh, asked Joe Biden about the possibility of uh, DeSantis and Trump uh, or facing either DeSantis or Trump. And Joe Biden's 100 percent right with what he just with what he said in response. He goes, wouldn't it be fun to watch those two guys go at it? <laughs> and you know what? You know He's what? Right. You know what, Uncle Joe? You're absolutely right. Old that, sleepy Joe might be. That will be absolutely that unbelievably entertaining to watch. Wrote that one down you know in Crane three months ago. You know what it'll be? It will be the Republican version of Hillary Bernie. That's what it'll yeah. be. That's what it'll be. It'll be. It will be yeah. absolutely entertaining to watch. Uh, which kind of brings us to you know the future, the future of politics. Uh, oh, I should have saved my hot take for this. 2024 um look it, it is it is really easy to sit here and say today because i know these kind of these election cycles kind of run together right we just had the midterms end and we're, we're kind of on to 2024 and that's that's just kind of how we do things these days in a, in a in a 24-hour news cycle um but it's i'm gonna start i'm gonna start with joe biden because Clearly, the way these 2022 midterms turn out, I mean, obviously, it looks like looks like Democrats are going to lose the House, which was possibly the Senate, possibly the Senate. But it's looking it's looking less and less likely. Okay, so let's start right there. Let's start right there. So they're probably going to lose in Nevada. So they're going to have picked up a seat in Pennsylvania with Fetterman and they're going to lose. It looks like they're going to lose the seat in Nevada. It's looking more and more like that. It looks like Mark Kelly's going to hang on against Blake Masters in Arizona. So we're going to be going into this Georgia runoff with the Republicans holding 50 seats and the Democrats holding 49 seats. Okay, so well well here's the here's right now the GOP has 48, the Dems have 46. Mm-hmm. All right. Um Georgia's about to go to a runoff. Mm-hmm. Um Arizona's looking to be Mark Kelly. Mm-hmm. But Alaska, which it's you know, right now, so Alaska has the runoff vote, and I'm going to explain a little bit, or the 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 ranked choice voting. So I'm going to get into that a little bit later. But the front runner is Kelly Shishbaka, and then Lisa Murkowski. But they're both Republican Party because they have a different setup for their ballots. They have the ranked choice voting. They don't have straight ticket voting with two parties. So Alaska is going to be blue. I mean red. No matter what. Mm-hmm. And then let me go back real quick. And then it's, it's, Nevada is probably going to go red. Right now, pretty, Nevada is ahead. Laxalt's going to win in Nevada. Kelly's going to win in Arizona. You're going to have 50 49. And it's going to come down to Georgia. And my my thing is that I, I, I got to believe Warnock's going to beat Walker in a runoff. I think he is. And we're going to have because traditionally maybe traditionally 1.9% was a libertarian vote. I understand that, but traditionally other than the John Ossoff race a couple of years ago in that special election, the person who who leads going into the runoff, which is Raphael Warnock, generally wins that runoff. Um so what what I think we're probably looking at is a fifty is 50-50 in the Senate again. Republicans pick up one, uh, Democrats pick up one, 
it still stays 50-50. Kamala Harris gets the deciding vote. Well, I mean, it's looking like they both will pick up two. What do you mean? Because Nevada, Adam Laxalt's going to win. That's going to be the one. That's going to be. That's only one pickup. But Alaska. What about Alaska? Alaska's always red. Oh, I see. Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. So right now, right now, as it stands right now, the Democrats have one pickup, and that's Fetterman. Other than that, everything's chalk. And Laxalt's going to pick up Nevada. That's going to be a pickup for Republicans, so we'll be tied again. And then I fully expect Raphael Warnock to... But we've been wrong about everything, so maybe Herschel Walker will be Raphael Warnock. Who the hell knows? And it'll be 51-49. But I think we're going to have a 50-50 Senate again, which gives Kamala Harris the deciding vote. That's what I think we're looking at here. Are you sure? I'm, the only reason I'm confused with what you're saying is uh, right now it shows 46 Dem, 48 GOP, and then there's four states that are undecided. Two for Republican, two for Democrat. So that'd be 50-48, so it'd be 49-50. With the uh, VP vote, that's but no, it'd be yeah, it'd be forty eight fifty. Yeah, no, I'm lo- I mean, I'm I'm looking at the bottom line on both news networks right now. It's showing forty nine Republican and forty eight Democrat. Nevada's going to go to the Republicans. That's fifty. Arizona's yep. going to go to the to the Democrats. That's forty nine. And then all you have left is is Georgia. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. So they're they're counting Alaska. Alaska's Google decided. is not counting Alaska. No, it's not your, your, your math is based on three. Mine's on four. That's why we're confused. Ah, now we got to figure well, it out. We're saying the same thing. Wires are crossed. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that, that's that's the way I'm looking is. at this going, Dan, you don't know math. <laughs> <laughs> I know what I'm talking about. Um, yeah, so as far as like the future of American politics, that brings me to the last reason why I'm encouraged by this election is if we can get people to split tickets, right? Because split tickets, which we talked about earlier in the show, if you're just joining us, split tickets in Georgia for sure and Pennsylvania for sure, those are kind of the two big ones. Um, if we can, if, if split tickets are no longer a thing of the past and we've brought them back, that's kind of the first step towards what, what you're going to talk about here in a few minutes, Corey, which are ballot initiatives, to take away the power of this duopoly and actually give the power back to the people and stop making them say things like, you voted libertarian, you cost such and such candidate the election. That, like, that is the kind of thinking that needs to stop, and we have to take the duopoly power away from Republicans and Democrats. And I think the split-ticket voting is kind of the first the first step. Now we might have 150 more steps to go, but you can only right. take it one step at a time. And it's encouraging and it's a nice step for people to start recognizing that both of these fucking parties are two wings of the same bird. I'm sick of fucking explaining it to people. I'm sick of explaining why that's the case, how that's the case. It's not that hard to figure out. I understand most people don't have time, but goddamn it, just listen. Just fucking listen. You don't have to listen to us. Listen to listen to Barry Weiss. Listen to you know uh, the Daily Wire and NPR and all the other people that you see yeah. in our description there. Of if you like this, you might like us. Just listen. Pay attention. The American people are pissed. We're sick of it. And stop pointing it towards. Oh, I'm pissed, so I'm going to vote for Donald Trump. Or I'm pissed, so I'm going to vote Democrat. Or I'm pissed, so I'm going to vote for Ron DeSantis. Stop voting because you're pissed. 
Stop yeah. voting because you're afraid and start voting for what fucking matters. One of the biggest things, one of the best pieces of advice I can give to our listeners is just emotionally detach yourself from politics. I think it's easier for people like us in Michigan because we've gotten the handle on doing that when it comes to our beloved Lions. <laughs> That's uh, true. The Lions have taught <laughs> us a lot. Right. And it's like uh, one of our listeners, he said to me the other day because I was making night work, I was making a joke about uh, how the Democrats think democracy at stake and you have to vote Democrat. And the Republicans think democracy is at stake. So you got to vote Republican. And he goes, and then here's Corey just laughing away as the whole country falls apart. And I'm like, damn straight. I'm like, because I'd rather, I'm a hell of a lot more happier not being emotionally attached to any of this bullshit and watching you guys freak out. I saw a friend at work who his candidates didn't win. And he was just, he was bummed. He's like, America's fucked, man. No, it's not. And I said, yeah, that's what I said. I said, it's not. I'm like, if it makes you feel any better, half the country thought the same thing in 2016. And we're still here. Arguably in a little bit of a better spot than we're even with the economy doing bad. There's different things that are happening in our country. There, are, there is some progress happening. Well, that's just it, right? It's like if there's one really – and I would argue this is a really good thing. I can't stand Donald Trump. I know you can't stand Donald Trump. But one good thing that definitely came out of Donald Trump's run for president, his presidency, and his bid to regain the presidency is that it made the American people so much more politically literate. And I wasn't sure about that until, until this until this election. Because if you remember, I've been saying that. And I said the best thing that came out of Donald Trump's presidency is he made everybody pay attention. He certainly did. And I'm going to get in the beginning and the day that I die. Yeah. You know, it was. And, and he didn't start needing new wars, but (laughs) there's that too. He didn't end any, but he didn't start any, not for lack of trying. He almost tried. He tried to, but he did. Yeah. yeah, Not from lack of trying, (laughs) but uh, no, he made everybody pay attention for good or ill. And I think it's like when, and like I think what happened to a lot of people in this country is like if you're sitting in a dark room and you just woke up and someone turn, turns on like the actual light to the room and you're like, whoa, what the fuck? And you're covering your eyes and shit. I think that happened to a lot of people in our country. And then when you get the, when the fucking wool is pulled away from your eyes and you can finally see shit. When you're in a, a fog and it's cloudy and everything for hundred and so years, then all of a sudden everyone's like, oh yeah, we should question that. It's going to be a little messy. So I think what I would add to that is that I think to sort of push us away from this duopoly of you voted third party, so you ruined the election for this candidate. You know, the political political literacy is, is still in its infancy stage. Like, just getting people to pay attention is a good start, but I think by paying attention, a lot of people kind of got caught up in either Trumpism or Trump derangement syndrome, one or the other, right? Um, and, and I think as we as we experience more new media, hopefully we're included in that, uh, but plenty of folks that are way better at this stuff than we are, bringing more people in and, and recognizing, like, the, the 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 true issues geopolitically and the, you know the fact that both of these parties are two wings of the same bird when it comes to taxes when it comes to you know the pocketbook issues that republicans 
swear they ran on in 2022. They're, they're, they're just, they're just, they're both the same. And the, the more people we can bring into that fold of thinking and it's, and it's steadily happening. It's slow. It's a slow, steady build, but it's steadily happening. I, I'm going, I, I really hope there's a day where I can look back at Trump's presidency and go, honestly, it was a net positive. I, I, I'm really hopeful that that's the case, not because of who he was or because he was a good president or because he's a good person, but because of what he taught us about ourselves. Yeah. Is that, you, it, you, it, it sounds weird, but like, that's, it's, I don't know. Yeah. Remember me explaining I'm, I'm it as a, the equivalent to the ugly lights getting turned on at the bar at 2 a.m. It's a party. Everyone's having fun. No one's paying attention to the time. No one knows two o'clock is coming. Everyone's there, like trying to like hit on the chick or I gotta, hit on the guy. I gotta say hi and to Vera. I gotta, say, I gotta say hi to Vera. <laughs> Thanks. For oh, the I was com- actually just about to put hers up there when Thanks. we got to the next thing. Thanks for the comment, Vera. We can throw it up there. Yeah, so that's this is a good uh, segue, right? I love here. Vera. She, she gave the- me a job back in the day. Nice. She said the biggest mistake is that you have to pick one party or the other at the primaries. There were candidates that I would have chosen on both sides that I felt would have worked well with either side. They were passed over by that dumb policy. And you're absolutely right, Vera. And this goes on to our next topic. Policy, or uh, uh, the, the, our, our primaries are bullshit. The primaries are bullshit, and the ballot initiatives is the unspoken reality of voters. And so, because Vera actually brought this up, the first one that you and I were watching closely is the Nevada vote. So Nevada had a ballot measure. Do you have something you can throw up on the screen? or you, Oh, you're just going to read it. That's fine. Just go ahead and read it. I mean, I can throw this screen up. Just go ahead and read it. It's okay. I trust your. So ballot, uh, I trust your ability to read. <laughs> so Nevada, uh, on one of their ballot measures, they implement. They want to implement ranked choice voting, and uh, so this amends the Nevada Constitution to change the rules of primary elections to advance the top five finishers of any party and implements ranked choice voting in the general elections. Now we're seeing that in Alaska right now because Alaska already has ranked choice voting. That's why the person in first place is a Republican and the person in second place is a Republican. And so the way ranked choice voting basically works is the primaries, instead of it being a ticket like you're explaining, or not even necessarily there wouldn't be primaries. Yeah, it's rank, just when you go choice, to the ballot box. There's no need for a primary if you're ranked choice right. voting. Yeah. When you go to the ballot box. You know, you have all the different people running. They could be Republicans. They could be Republicans and Democrats. They could be all Democrats. They could be Republican, Democrat, Independent, Libertarian, Green Party, U.S. Taxpayers Party, Constitutional Party. You can name any of the forward party. American you can Workers name all these party, those dirty commies. <laughs> and, and yeah. And so all of the, like, so uh, based, I think it's, I'm assuming it's based on polling because it's the top five. Maybe I'm not exactly sure about that part that gets the names under the ballot, but you, when the you, ballot honestly, is given though, to you, you could you could still have primaries. You could rank choice your primaries. Yeah, that's. I think maybe that's how it would work. And take the top two. But so the rank choice is. voting is you list out your top five from the one you want the most to the one you want the least. So I guess you just rank all the names on the ballot from the one you want the most to the one you want the least. That then all of those tabs are accumulated. And then the one who has the least amount of votes is dropped off. And if that was your first vote, your second vote gets bumped up. It becomes your first vote. Yeah. And then they tabulate all of it again. And then the one with the least amount of votes gets dropped off. And then that goes all the way up until everyone, until they get the most amount, like until they go through everyone's ballot and they eliminate all the five to the one. So your candidate might not win, but it might have been your second or third choice. And so this is just basically 
giving you the option to rank your candidates and then everyone gets to rank their candidates. And then it's more of an, it's more of an option for everybody, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Rank choice voting is a little confusing to it's, explain. It's not that it's not that confusing. It is, but it isn't. Yeah. yeah it's not <laughs> exactly. it's it's not that confusing. But even even to Vera's point, I think her her point is like the way we do it in Michigan, and I think most states are like this, is when it you, comes you, to the primary. You, you go to the primaries and you have to vote either a Republican or Democratic primary. Why can't I vote for both? Right. Why can't I vote for both? Why can't I choose who my top Republican is and who my top Democrat is? Like that would be a start, wouldn't it? That, I think that would be a good start, even if, if if you're weary about ranked choice voting, which some people are. I'm not. I th- I love the idea, but that yeah. would be an awesome start. If I could go to the primary, if I could go to vote at the primaries and and vote for Republicans and Democrats, why the fuck can't we do that? It's just it's just right. a silly way to do it. And so yeah, and so the reason why I'm excited about this ballot measure because if it passes in Nevada, which it's really looking like it's going to, we could probably say that it is, but. If we have ranked choice voting in Alaska and then now Nevada, this is probably something that's going to start sweeping through the the, the country. And this is a way to do away with the two-party system. The only thing that m- concerns me is the uh, the is is the establishments, right? The establishment because you you're talking about Nevada and Alaska. I mean, these are two. I mean, I know. Nevada was has been an important state in the last two presidential election cycles with regard but you're still talking about two states that when you're talking because everybody everybody talks about elections in from the context of presidential elections for some fucking reason even though it doesn't matter as much as we think it does it shouldn't uh, it should how our yeah. constitution was designed or or at least it shouldn't and Nevada or, or Alaska you know, Alaska for sure. This is a state that's been dyed in the wool red forever. So it's like, does ranked choice voting really affect that state? Probably not, because a Republican's going to win it anyway. But when you start talking about purple states like Michigan or now Georgia, Wisconsin, now Arizona, I mean, I could even see it being a problem in Texas, which has turned a little bit bluish or a little bit purplish, but it's definitely still red. You know what I mean? And like, you know, having establishments push back against that, it's it's going to be a major hurdle in states like those. You know, like I could even see it working out in California, right? California is just it's firmly blue. Like, well, I mean, it would be like like, for example, Alaska. Alaska is straight red. (laughs) Ranked choice voting goes Republican, Republican. Yeah, not not in the governor's race. It's Republican, Democrat, Independent, Republican in the governor's race. But yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. So like, yeah, there can be multiple Republicans on there. And you, if there's more than one Republican on the ticket, if even if you're a Democrat, you can still rank the two of which one you like more. And, and the thing is, every state is is they have so many different rules on how to get a ballot initiative on the ballot. And some states, it's way harder than others. I think in Michigan here... It's not as hard as in other states, so maybe we should do it, Corey. Maybe we should be. I, I, I'm, dude, I'm I am for it. I've Let's been be guys. Uh, donating to uh, represent us now for a little while, um, and they are they're the ones that ended gerrymandering in Michigan. You know, they were the ones that helped back that. Like it's this group that's just trying to get rid of the two party system, and that's their organization. 
That's all they're doing. They're not Democrat. They're not Republican. They don't lean left or right ideologically wise. They are just straight more options. What are some of the other ballot initiatives, Corey, that you uh, that you caught? All right, you want me to run down the gamut? Well, I got it in alphabetical you, order. Before you do, you know, I, I would just explain that you and I both think that ballot initiatives have more of a pulse on what the voters actually want than you know a random rep, senator, or governor's race. And I think ballot initiatives tell us a lot about the voter base that I think is really kind of just pushed aside that that even a lot of the pundits don't pay a lot of attention to. And I think a big one, and I'm sure you'll bring a few of these up, Corey, is abortion. You know, even you mm-hmm. and I last week and in and, and the weeks leading up to this particular episode before the um before the actual election, I didn't think abortion was gonna be I thought it would it would at best be third on the list of issues for the American people. I thought inflation uh, the, slash the economy um, and also crime were going to be the top two things on the list for, for American voters in this election. It just, it just didn't turn out to be the case. It turned out to be that abortion was a really big fucking deal, which is why the quote-unquote red wave didn't happen. I think abortion... Is I'm not going to give all the credit to 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 abortion, but I think it was a big factor. No, you're right. Yeah, ab- abortion played like actually a big role in all of this. We both talked about how we thought that it might have been simmering at this point, or yeah. it wasn't the number one thing. Everybody but apparently, thought that. everybody thought that. When you look at like yeah, like in Michigan, for example, like it almost the the ballot initiative of abortion almost coincides exactly with the actual like spread for. Whitmer and Tudor Dixon, I think, right? Isn't that what you were saying? No, like yeah, the, no. Uh, so, so, uh, uh, um, Whitmer's margin of victory over Tudor Dixon would coincides perfectly with the victory of yes on uh, proposal three, which made uh, which put abortion into the uh, Michigan Constitution. It was about ten points on both. So here's so now this is actually the 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 topic that I was actually super excited about because I was really diving into all the ballot measures and this is where I really think when we like it sums up everything we were saying with the end of Trumpism, the voters. <laughs> how did you word it? Because it's worded so beautifully. Voters ain't so dumb as they say. <laughs> <laughs> I want me to throw it back up there. Voters and, uh, ain't so dumb as they say. So we're gonna start right off at the top, Alabama. Alabama just approved a ballot proposal. And the question is Alabama constitution question. They seek approval of a new state constitution. And now what the reason why they're redoing their constitution is it's just, it's a, it proposes a new state constitution, which includes the removal of racist language. So they're not changing anything really. They're just removing all of the racist loaded terms. In other words, the word word colored would be removed from there. And we're talking about a ruby red state that's considered racist as fuck, right? It's Alabama, a slave state back in the 1860s. 76% of that state, Dan, voted yes to rewrite their constitution to remove racist language. You know what? Here's what I'll say about that. Uh, Because, and this is one of the issues that I have with like the coastal elites, right? Uh, I have family from the South. I think you do too. I'm not sure. Uh, but 
I, I, I'm familiar. I'm on my wife's side, not my side. I'm, my family's born and bred north. We fought in the Civil War for the Union. I, I, yeah, well, most of mine did too. Depends on which, which side you're talking about. But <laughs> I, I, uh, I love them both. Uh, but you know, you you always get like that stereotypical like. Because have you ever like you've? I'm sure you've talked to like these weird liberal elites that have never even set foot in a southern state that talk about the South in this in this way that they're they're awful they're backwards horrible backward dumb racist redneck dude we're guilty of it every time we try to oh, portray yeah. this an idiot we always do a southern accent yeah we do it's weird how we do that it's almost, uh, yeah that's but that's yeah racist. I mean it's like you you just you 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 don't know like you just don't know like yes they might have different values they might be a lot more Christian obviously the Bible belt and all that and all that stuff but like just because somebody's a southern baptist does not automatically think that a black person is stupid because they're black you know what i mean like is that i mean it seems like a really simple thing for me to say and i could just see some like east coast liberal elite saying prove it but it's like okay you prove it (laughs) It's like right. go back and forth like a couple of idiots. Like, no, you right. prove it. No, my dad could beat up your dad. Like, it's like it's just a <laughs> stupid fucking argument. But yeah, it's just the 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 concept of what the Deep South represents just because it's red. You know what I mean? Just because they vote Republican. Is that all it means to be racist? If you vote Republican, you're immediately racist? Some people would say yes. A lot of coastal elites would say yes. Yeah. You and I don't think that, but anyway, go ahead. So here's Arizona ballot measures. Now, this is supposed to be a racist state against brown people, remember? Um, Where was this? I'm sorry, I, I missed what you said. Oh, I said here's Arizona. Arizona. You know, they're supposed to be racist against brown people, right? Yeah. Take away the party politics. 51% said yes to allowing financial aid for college students regardless of immigration every good regardless of immigration status. Dude, honestly that is really interesting because you have Carrie Lake who's really close to winning that governor's race and she's talking about sending the goddamn Arizona National Guard to the border to kick all the brown people back over the wall. Right. But yeah, you have this initiative passing. Yeah. Basically, and then they also yeah. amended an Arizona. They amend the Arizona Constitution to require citizen ballot initiatives to contain a single subject in the title. So they want so a fifty four percent vote that they just want their ballot initiatives to be more simple and easier to read. You mean like every fucking bill should be in Congress, right? As opposed to I want to give free a free education to uh, <coughs> to to everybody in America. But we also, but Republicans are like, okay, but we also have to put in kicking all the illegals out in the same bill. <laughs> like, a right. bill like something that has absolutely nothing with the bill that's proposed. Moving on to Arkansas. So Arkansas's issue three was add religious freedom, add religious freedom amendment for, to state constitution. And this would mean that it amends the Arkansas constitution to prohibit governments from imposing burdens on the freedom of religion, except when done in the least restrictive means to further a compelling government interest. 50% voted no in Arkansas. So that seems that's Bible belt. Yeah. But does that mean, is that just because they want to keep all the Muslims out and the Jews? You know what? It doesn't matter. They're, Restricting the government. Okay, that's fair. 
You know what I mean? I'll yeah. give you that. That's fair. And so I thought that one was interesting. In California, obviously they voted the right to abortion and contraceptive use of the state constitution. But I don't think I think that one's kind of a milk toast one because of the fact that they, they were gonna not do it anyways or whatever. And then they still uphold the law barring the sale of flavored tobacco. Sixty-two percent of the states said, "Yeah, I'll do that." Prohibition when I like it. And then what I found interesting was they uh, they said no to imposing a tax to support the purchase of electric vehicles. They said no to opposing a tax. No, they said no to imposing a tax. Oh, yeah, because, again, voters aren't stupid, and they understand that as much as renewables are fucking fantastic, what California is trying to do is unrealistic. And then one that kind of pissed me off that they did was uh, they voted no on allowing Native American tribes to offer sports betting on tribal lands. And it's like, who the fuck are you guys to tell the Indians what to do on the land that the government gave them? First off, I don't understand why that's on the ballot. And second off, they voted no at 70 fucking percent. Can't let those Native Americans make money and do what they want on their own property. Is California? Yeah, it's California, dude. That's shocking. That's right. In fucking California, they told no. Hey, uh, let me me say this. Schizo, you voted yes on the gambling. Good for you, Schizo. I would have voted yes. Freedom. Freedom, baby. Liberty. Uh, Moving on to Colorado. Um, which one is it? Let me see if I can find it. Oh yeah, they legalized psychedelic plants and fungi. They made mushrooms just legal. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you what. Hunter S. Thompson is smiling somewhere. Right? They regulated mushrooms, and they said no to regulating retail liquor licenses. Good. God damn it! I want to move to Colorado. <laughs> well, they also said that you can't. Al- they won't allow delivery of alcoholic beverages. They want to al- whatever, whatever. I mean, whatever. We'll, we'll I'll work- drive drunk to the store. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll work on that later, dude. Especially if Lauren, Bo- <laughs> especially if Lauren Bobert loses, I want to move to Colorado. I'm wearing a Colorado hat. <laughs> Where it established. Connecticut legalized early voting. What's that? Connecticut legalized early voting. Okay, that's which fair. I think that we're both for. I think that, like, yeah, I don't think that. I think it's silly that we force everyone to go to one day of voting and we don't have that day off as like a national holiday. And that's, that, I'm, that's down, I'm down dude, for signature verification. I'm down for IDs. That's sure. always that's always been my point. If you want to have one election day, make it a holiday. Everybody gets a day off work. They can get up, have their coffee, take their time. They can go in the morning. They can go in the afternoon. They can go in the evening. Don't have to worry about work. I'm all for that. People can have election parties. Imagine how fun that would be. That'd be great. I'd have you over. We'd have some whiskey. We'd watch the election on TV. Yeah, it should be. be It should should absolutely be a national holiday. We we, we brag about being a democratic country. We should have something to prove it, at least. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Everybody gets a day off. Get drunk and go to the polls. That sounds like a great time. Oh, man. That would make make election day so much less stressful. God damn. We would be throwing the biggest election day bashes and inviting all of our listeners. I actually like that. Okay, let's get rid of early voting. That's fine. I'm good with that. No more early voting. I mean, absentee, in case you're out of town, we can keep that. No more mail-ins, no more early voting, but God damn it, we get the day off on election day. We have an election day party. Everybody walks to the polls. I love it. I actually love it. I love that idea. Makes me happy. Me too. Makes me hard. Illinois add the right to collective bargaining to the state constitution. 
That wasn't already a right in Illinois? No. The Illinois uh, amends the Illinois Constitution to add the right to collective bargaining for employees to negotiate such things as wages, hours, and working conditions, prohibits laws that would bar workplace contracts from requiring union membership as a condition of employment. Hey, Illinois, slow down. <laughs> right. <laughs> but hey, you know, like, I like bills like this because this means that, like, you or I working in our workplaces, even if we don't have a union, we can still get everyone together and go, hey, do you guys think this is a good idea? And then having a spokesperson go up and you don't have to have the bureaucracy of a union. I love the ideas of unions, but anything that has a bureaucracy like that has ample room for well, I mean, uh, isn't, corruption. Isn't, aren't unions like, like, let's look at this from a libertarian perspective, right? Like, aren't unions a lot like government? They're, they're, they're just better when they're smaller. Yeah, is that much. fair? Like, I think that's I think that's good because, like, I'm I wouldn't say I'm. I mean, we've we've talked about you know uh, labor. the positives and negatives. Yeah, and we've yeah. talked about labor on this show a lot. I mean, I have my issues with the teachers' union and very uh, and various other ones, but like um, the police union, uh, police union. I'm, but, I, but, <laughs> but meanwhile, I'm in love with fucking Starbucks and Amazon, right? So it's like it's just kind of better when they're small. But like, how do you legislate that? How do you make them small? You know what I mean? Right. How do you legislate them to be smaller? I don't know. Maybe we'll let some libertarian genius figure that out for us. <laughs> Spike Cohen, where are you? So, so my my take on it is, if unions are stronger and it's the workers making these contracts for themselves, then we need less government because if the unions have enough power to do this for their workers and collective bargaining has enough of a backing and like a legal standpoint, then you don't need OSHA, you don't need minimum wages, and then and then it, what it's done doing inadvertently is making the government smaller. Okay. So that's my libertarian take on unions and things like that. I'll have to think about that when I'm like a quarter in the, a quarter in the bag as opposed to as opposed to three quarters in the bag like I am right <laughs> I, now. Iowa added the right to bear arms to their state constitution. That seems redundant. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's redundant, but if Michigan had that on their ballot, I would have voted for it. I guess, but it's super redundant. Now, constitutional carry. Let's 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 roll with that. Oh, so Kansas, um, I'm glad they voted no because it looks like they were trying to turn their state into a freaking parliament. Uh, they said they wanted the, – the proposal was allow lawmakers to revise and revoke regulations set by the executive departments. Now, a free-running, unchecked executive department is a monarchy. But – and the flip side is a uh, government without an executive branch that can equal like the three branches that are equal. And then you give the the house, all of the party. That's a straight up parliament. And Kansas tried to essentially do that. And the voters said no, which I'm glad to see. And like a democratic incumbent. And I'm not like trying to support Republicans or Democrats, but like in like what you would think is like a Ruby red state. And a Democratic incumbent winning re-election in Kansas? What is going on? Political realignment, right. baby. Yeah, and so and then here's another one. This one's actually pretty surprising. It's Kentucky. And so it was Kentucky Amendment number two, and it amends the state constitution to say it does not include the right to abortion. And then people voted no. So it's almost like a double negative. They voted yeah, no to yeah, not yeah. include it. Again. So it makes it a little funky. And I'm sorry, this is this is another perfect example. Voters of not the being voters so not dumb. being fucking stupid. Yes, yes. They because, understood the double negative. Even in Kentucky, they understood the double negative. Let's go. Yeah. 
Let's go, yeah, America. Yeah, you could tell they really tried to trick this one. Oh, and yeah. And the people said, no. <laughs> and now, and now with that vote, Mitch McConnell, uh, well, I'll just say Mitch McConnell. I won't say Rand Paul because he's kind of libertarian-ish, but... It, li- and where's where's uh Rand where's Paul- Lindsey Graham from? Isn't Lindsey Graham also from Kentucky? One of the Carolinas, I thought. Uh, oh yeah, you're right. I he should know South this Carolina. offhand, but I don't. Uh, but yeah, I think Mitch McConnell, given this vote, has officially a prolapsed asshole. It he, yeah. he just went inside out on his turtleness. <laughs> his 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 little turtleneck went down so Dude, far. I don't know about you. Ring. I don't know about you, but I have a visual mind, and I just pictured Mitch McConnell bending over. <laughs> With a prolapsed asshole. <laughs> and I never want to watch porn again. <laughs> uh, Louisiana, actually, I'm pretty sure they went in Louisiana fashion and voted no to banning slavery as criminal punishment. Which doesn't surprise me. Again, seems redundant. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, they so, banned it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, they didn't ban it. They didn't ban slavery so as a punishment. Louisiana, um, I think Alabama, there's a couple states. California is one of them. They use incarcerated people as basically slaves based on the 13th Amendment because yeah. if you get imprisoned, oh, like chain you can gangs. still be a slave. Like chain gangs. I thought, yeah. I, but everybody well, does that. California just threw them into the, into the woods surrounded by fire. Oh, that's, that's what right. They did. That's right. That's Kamala Harris. Good job. Um, but Louisiana said no to banning slavery as a criminal punishment. They said no to banning slavery. Yeah, no. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> said, so no, we what, want what's, that what's, slavery. What's fucked up is that I said that banning slavery as a criminal punishment would have been redundant, and they did the opposite thing. Yeah, yeah they did the exact opposite. I would thing. rather go with the redundant thing. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, Maryland legalized marijuana. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. 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 Well, nothing to say about that. That just should be the 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 the, the standard. Ma- Massachusetts said no to regulating retail liquor licenses and the sale of alcoholic beverages. Good. Very libertarian. And they uphold a state law allowing driver's licenses for those not le- dri- living legally in the U.S. Uphold. Which is weird because I feel like if you're in, if you're from another country visiting as a tourist. And you have a license from another country, you shouldn't be able to drive here, right? I mean, I guess I don't know. Actually, that's actually that's a whole topic, no, right there. dude. Every other every other country that I know of, your driver license is upheld. Have you ever watched The Amazing Race? You ever watch that show? They go everywhere and drive, right? But we don't want those <laughs> damn people from Great Britain driving on the wrong side of the road, Dan. We don't want them damn foreigners driving in our country. <laughs> wrong side of the road. It's Massachusetts. They don't have southern accents. What are we doing? We don't want them damn foreigners driving on our roads. Yeah. (laughs) When I'm going out to get a hot dog. That was, no, that, first of all, that was New York. But what I did was just a Kennedy impersonation. So (laughs) I don't think I did a whole lot better. (laughs) We don't want those foreigners driving on our roads. And on to the most beautiful mitten in the world, Michigan. Mm. We've, you know, we, we went into detail over all of these a lot, so I'm not really going to get into them too much. Top three. But we voted yes to setting term limits on lawmakers, and that includes looking at their financial money. We legalized early voting, and we added the right to abortion and contraceptive use to the state constitution. Too confusing. Too extreme. <laughs> all six pages of that ballot initiative that basically mirrored Roe v. Wade was too confusing and too extreme, Dan. <laughs> 
on the Missouri in Missouri, or not Minnesota, Missouri. Minnesota didn't even have any ballot initiatives, Dan. First of all, I have family that came from Missouri. It's Missouri. From Missouri. 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 Well, Missouri legalized marijuana. Am I right? If you're from the show me state, Missouri. <laughs> They're going to show you their greens. That actually is surprising that they legalized marijuana. I'm happy. Yeah, about right. It, but- I'm kind of surprised by that. Yeah, it's pretty pretty conservative. And then they also <laughs> increase funding for the police. It, it ooh, that seems counterintuitive. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, no, I guess it makes sense because you're you're increasing uh, funding to the police, but you're also making it so they don't have to arrest people for stupid crimes like possession of marijuana. So, okay, I get it. I guess I get it. Right in Montana. They voted to protect data from unreasonable search and seizure. Huge fucking libertarian win. Fourth Amendment, say what? Did, I'm really happy about that one. Did, I'm glad uh, for those guys in Montana. Did Edward Snowden move to Montana and nobody realized it? <laughs> By the way, we're, we won't talk about it tonight. And they voted no to require medical care for infants born alive. Next week, I got some things to say about Edward Snowden. He made a, he has a, he had a, uh, a good point about what Twitter should do. So we'll talk about Musk's Twitter next week. A little bit of little yeah, bit, that's actually yeah. Tune in next week. We'll talk about Musk's Twitter and the double talk and the back and the back steps and all that stuff. Did you hear my second one? No, I missed it. Sorry. I so Montana thinking. voted no to requiring medical care for infants born alive. They don't have to require medical care for infants born alive. Yeah. So they don't want abortion. <laughs> but they don't want to care for the people. Uh, they don't want to care for the babies that are born. That's <laughs> dude. That's a win for the fucking left right there. Because <laughs> isn't that one of their talking points? Like that you always see the memes of on Twitter or or Facebook, where it's like, right? They're like, yeah, just have your kid. Then just have someone take care of them. Okay, you're gonna take care of them? No. <laughs> Nebraska voted to uh, require voter IDs, showing it, re- require it to show voter ID. How do you feel or about photo the photo ID when voting? How do you feel about the photo ID, the like the voter ID laws? So I know that when you don't do it and you have to sign the affidavit, when you fill out the paperwork, like your, your, your date of birth and your address still has to match. And then when you sign it, that signature has, you still have to be registered to vote. And that signature has to match the signature that you gave in person at Secretary of State. Because for me, it's like it's a huge talking point for conservatives. Like, oh, people are voting without IDs and we need to require IDs. And it's like in all of my time voting, I've never been to a polling place where somebody wasn't able to show their ID. Now, now I will say this. I live in a northern state. I don't live anywhere close to the southern border. I don't know what goes on down there, but I just don't understand the, I guess the, the, the craziness about voter ID showing an ID to vote either way. Right. Cause because when there's stipulations, everybody in place, like has, have- who doesn't have a state ID that goes to vote that, you know, Corey. Right, but there's outliers. Like, what if you lose at the day of? So, for example, I have a friend. He's a listener to the show. He, I remember one time, and it Jimmy, was 2016. Jimmy McGill says a lot of poor people don't have ID. And and to my my response to that is who? That's a little racist. <laughs> <laughs> but my 
my response to that is just who? Like every like okay, a homeless person should be should have the right to vote. I get I, may, maybe that's it. Maybe it's just a homeless person that lost his ID and doesn't know where it is. Should that person be allowed to vote? Yeah. All I'm saying but is it's super fucking rare. They're, they're, like, Most yeah. people have an ID. Most people do. It's it, what I'm what I'm saying is that it's not that it's a non-issue. I just think it's overblown. And is that fair? I think it's overblown yeah. because of the stipulations. Like, like you still have to go somewhere in person, right? On a completely different day than the voting day, and register to vote, and give them your your address, and give them your date of birth, and then sign. It's like your signature on your ballot has to match the signature on your ID. And if none of those three things match, then it's a wash anyways. And if you're going through all that work, if you're not a registered voter, doesn't have a voter ID, and you're going through all that work to do that, and if that vote still passes, it's still one vote. You understand what I'm saying? No, no, and that's and that's fair, and th- that's totally fair. And and, and no, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm saying, on. and just to be clear, like I'm 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 with uh, I'm with I'm with Jimmy McGill here, the uh, the the Better Call Saul fan. I, I don't think you should have to have an ID to vote. What I'm saying is, like, I just think it's super rare that somebody doesn't have an ID. So why are the Republicans so worried about it? <laughs> you know what I mean? Why is that such a big deal for them? Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, the stipulations for it, if you don't have one, are put in place to stopgate things to where even if it is, like, that's what I'm saying, like, if you don't have an ID... And you go into vote, and let's say you're let's say you're doing it in bad faith, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say you're you're voting in bad faith, and you go in there, and you completely somehow know someone's address, date of birth. You also have to match their signature. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm down for the fact that, like, like, like in Michigan, you have to go and you have to sign the the actual like a thing that says if it's voter fraud and all that stuff. Like, I'm down for those extra stop gates. Like, if you can't prove who you are. You might have to go through a few more steps. And oh no, it's an inconvenience for you. But guess what? It's also an inconvenience for us because now we have to match your ID versus that. On the other hand, you gave us a voter ID. So if there's more steps to someone not voting with a photo ID, I'm okay with it. Yeah, I mean if that makes sense. Yeah. Like it's I mean, all I like guess, like you said, it's a non issue. If we're just at a point where literally you like like say because obviously it's more Republicans that are worried about voter ID than than Democrats. Actually because you have to pay for an ID. They're they're both they're both There's a fee. They're both worried about it for opposite reasons. But like right. if, if 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 an election gets lost, especially a presidential election. That's the whole country votes. If an election gets lost strictly based on people that don't have ID, that election was goddamn too close. And it's just another reason why we have to do away with the duopoly anyway. So it's fun. It's, I don't know. I, I just, I think it's, I, I think it's overblown on, on both sides. But again, I don't know anybody who's ever tried to vote without an ID. So I'm, maybe I'm ignorant as fuck. Maybe Jimmy McGill attorney is right. I don't know. I I can admit to being ignorant. Anyway, no, it's like there there there's a pay gap. You know, I'm mean, like a pay. Like you when you go to get your actual voter ID, you do have to pay money, right? Mm-hmm. You have to pay money to get the ID, and if you can't afford that, you shouldn't lose your right to vote because you can't afford an ID. Oh, I agree with that, hundred percent. Yeah. If you're and yeah, citizen. so like what we're basically saying, Jimmy, is like it is. It's it to us. It is a non-issue. We like the idea that people can be able to vote because of the fact of all the stop gates in place that make the voter fraud not happen. 
that it is basically a non-issue. It's just a talking point for people who, like you said, are trying to stifle votes. So, and, like, what and, Jimmy's saying is legit. He's he's right. Well, I agree. It is. Uh, it's, yeah. yeah. But here, here's Jimmy's last to comment, us, and, I li- and I like this one. 11% of U.S. citizens or, or more than 21 million Americans do not have government-issued photo identification. I have no way to verify that. I'm just going to take, at least right now, to the point where I'm willing to search for it. I'm just going to take Jimmy's word at that. That And like you said, voter fraud is extremely rare. But, we agree. We are not election deniers. The, the way that voting is done in this country, it's not just one giant pool. It goes all the way down to a county to where there's... M- thousands and thousands of counties individually counting votes to the fact that if there was some sort of widespread voter fraud, we saw Trump's presidency and we saw Biden's presidency. The the lips, when the people talk about loose lips sink ships, their ships are fucking sieves. There's leaks all over the place that if anything really was some sort of voter fraud happening, we would know about it. And th- that's my whole point about it being a non-issue. But he's he's citing ACLU. No, I get it. To, to, to Jimmy's point about voter fraud in the U.S. being extremely rare, I completely agree with that, which is why I think it's so much of a non-issue and I don't understand why Republicans make a big deal out of it. You know what I mean? Because yeah. most people just have IDs. Jimmy himself said 11% of Americans don't. Um, I, I, Again, I have no way to verify that. He sent us the ACLU link. We'll look at it at some point. But here live, we're not going to read through all that. Uh, but we'll just take your word for it that 11% of U.S. citizens, 21 million people, according to Jimmy, don't have uh, government-issued photo identification. Um, I'll take your word for it. That's a really small percentage of votes that... Should, yeah, so like for example, shouldn't shouldn't turn the election, and not all of those eleven percent are going to vote. We know that traditionally about fifty percent of Americans vote, maybe a little more, maybe a little less, giving giving given uh, any yeah, any could, given cycle. You could dive into the weeds of like how many of those eleven percent actually vote in the first place. Sure, but like like so, there's different things. Like so, the perfect scenario is I have a friend who's a listener of the show. He just moved, so on his ID was his old. Uh, address but he went to the polls where his new address was and it had the piece of paper stuck to it that said this is a temporary id you know this and that and they didn't let him vote oh see that's fucked up and then at the other poll they didn't let him vote they said well your your new precinct is over there and then he went over there and then they didn't let him vote because the address didn't match his person his his recent address to where he could have done a ballot no photo id and could have voted but my friend had his constitutional rights denied to him. And he was actually going to vote blue. He wasn't even going to vote red. So this is voter <laughs> fraud on the red side. So, yeah. <laughs> like, and it's, but yeah, and it's, there's things that happen to it. There's way too much nuance to the conversation that like, we should have the options to do things like that. Should it be a little bit of an issue? Sure. I mean, should it be a little bit more of like a hassle to do it? Possibly because you're making it more of a hassle to the people to verify the vote. So, Let's do what we can to discourage it. If you can get an ID, like, it's, just get it's it one of those weird it. things where you can kind of understand both sides, right? Because like Republicans, they're the minority throughout the country. We know this. It makes sense for them to want you to verify yourself as a voter. It makes sense because they're the minority. And then Democrats as the majority, just based on raw numbers, based on amount of people. You know, you saw that obviously Hillary Hillary won the the uh, the popular vote by whatever it was three million votes or whatever. So they're they're so they're the majority. So it makes sense for them to make it so that 
it's a little bit easier to vote. You can you can you can understand the logic of both sides on that on that issue. Hi, mom. My mom said hi. Uh, but so Vera said she disagrees. My son was mailed a paper. He wasn't asked for an ID. He just signed. He just signed something. So no matter what, his signature would match. So if he uses an absentee ballot, your signature would match either way. Not necessarily true because your son, I'm assuming, has an actual ID. He has to be registered to vote, and then to do so, he had to go to the Secretary of State and sign the paper for his ID and write out his address and things like that. So it, so his absentee ballot signature had to match the signature he used at Secretary of State. I honestly, I'm I'm in I'm in like weird agreement with Vera on this, not just because we're homies, but it's like I my signature looks different every fucking time I sign it. <laughs> so it's like so then it, so then unfortunately your yeah, vote doesn't matter. It, well, it's like it's like I think I feel like a lot of people are like that. Their signatures just my signature never looks the same. I know a lot of people whose signatures never don't look the same. Like, are you gonna have like some? Is is every is every polling place just gonna have like? Uh, I don't know, one of those like forensic signature people there. Yes. Okay. Not at the polling place, but I when guess. they bring it in. Yeah, no, if for real, they do. Look at what happened in Michigan when they had all those uh primary Republicans, all of those signatures on the ballots to get their names, or all of those signatures on the petitions to get their names on the ballots were found fraudulent because they forensically looked at all the signatures. Okay. I mean, they do. It. Like it sounds crazy. They do, but they they fucking do. <laughs> All right. I mean, I just, I just don't know how you verify it. It's, it's just, it's, it's a silly argument. I think it's, it's super. It's, it's, it's nuanced. Yeah, but like it, it works without the photo ID, like the way they have it set up or whatever. And again, I don't know how we got off onto this tangent. Probably it was probably my. Fault, um, but, it was. Uh, uh, it was not Nevada. It was Nebraska. They said they needed a photo ID or photo ID to vote. Yeah, and again, most people have photo ID, so I'm not. Especially, you gotta you gotta believe. Like, it would be it would be way different if this ballot initiative was on like a border state where you might have more immigrants. You know, freshly f- fresh fresh citizens. I guess right, I but it's Nebraska, it. it's Nebraska in the middle, <laughs> middle of the state. I get uh, it. Yeah, that's that's definitely like one of those things that like that was probably something that bled into party politics. Um, Nevada is as impl- 83% uh, reporting at 51.8% yes to implement ranked choice voting, which we went through earlier. Awesome. Let's go. And then they voted to increase the minimum wage. New Mexico. Um, they're, what is it? What, which one? Why did I pick this one? <laughs> uh, they are allowing lawmakers to fund infrastructure programs. I guess that's probably why I picked it. That's one that's jumping out to me right now. And they're increasing spending on education from state and oil gas revenues, which is pretty cool. That's they're taking pretty, some of that money. That's pretty, that, cool. that's pretty cool, you know? It's pretty cool, I guess. <laughs> it's pretty cool, you know? North Dakota voted okay, no to legalize. North Dakota voted no to legalize marijuana. Shocker. But they also set term limits for state lawmakers and the governor. So good, one good, one bad. One good, one bad. That didn't plan on going to North Dakota to smoke dope anytime soon, anyways. Oh, so. smoke dope up there, in North Dakota. Eh? That was more Minnesota. Sorry, yeah, that was. Ohio said they're adding a requirement to, that voters be U.S. citizens of the state constitution, which 
based on our whole last 20 minute conversation again, again seems had to be fucking u.s state, <laughs> state I, I, was gonna, I was gonna say again seems redundant <laughs> <laughs> um on to oregon oregon i'm it's really like happy you, i'm really happy you said it correctly yeah oregon not oregon it hasn't gone anywhere I only say it like that because I remember being embarrassed by some guy who ran a fish and chips fish and chips food truck in Oregon, and I said, "Hey, where do I buy drugs in Oregon? Where do I goes, buy marijuana in Oregon?" And he's like, "You're not from around here, are you?" <laughs> that's why that's that joke. I said, "I think I think he thought I was a Fed." He's like, "I can't help Dude, you." That's like trying to say city names in in Wisconsin. It's all the Waukeshawkeshaws. Yep, Oregon banned. Uh, Slavery as criminal punishment. Again, seems redundant, but anyway, continue. Sadly, no, yeah, but like, so like, I guess Oregon was another state that uh, if you became a criminal, you could, your labor could be used as slave labor to just be sent in to fight forest fires. <laughs> and- just see, I think, honestly, if I was, before you had mentioned that, if there was a state that I would like prefer to be in prison in, Oregon might be like top three. Cause yeah. <laughs> Just seems like South Dakota expand eligibility for Medicaid. And then they said no to legalizing marijuana. Eligibility for Medicaid. Slow down on the eligibility for Medicaid. I expect you to slow down the marijuana thing. <laughs> Tennessee also banned slavery as criminal punishment. Redundant. It should be. <laughs> it should be, but it's not. Uh, yeah, no, I'm actually pretty surprised at how many of these states, you know, these these racist states said they're not going to make slavery criminal punishment anymore. They're going woke, Corey. What do you want? Everybody's <laughs> going then, woke. I'll take it. <laughs> Vermont also banned slavery. <laughs> There's a lot of banning of slavery because it's insane to me the fact that slavery still does exist in this country. The fact that slavery is even still in the language. It's 2022. <laughs> it's sad. It's sad, isn't it? It's really weird. And then they added the right to personal reproductive autonomy to the state constitution. I honestly feel like I'm gonna. I might even pull these two episodes and make them separate for the podcast. I might. I might. I might pull the ballot initiative and make it a separate, separate episode. Yeah, do it. Go ahead. I'm <laughs> done with that. And then drop one on Saturday. Drop one on Tuesday or something. Yeah. Um. Uh, West Virginia said no. Or is said no on setting rules for impeachment proceedings in the legislature. They said no on allowing lawmakers to repeal property taxes on vehicles and machinery, and no to allow churches to incorporate. Those must I one minute. I mean, uh, oh, oh, requires lawmakers to review and approve actions of the state board of education. That's the one that was probably made me think of this that they're making like. They say that the government should, like, in this weird Republican way, they say that the government shouldn't be involved in students' teachings, but then also they're going to make the government be involved in students' teachings. <laughs> oh, wait, no, they said no. I'm sorry. They said no to requiring lawmakers to review and approve actions of the State Board of Education. I take that back. It would have been funny. You take it back. But they were actually more common sense. Up your ass. And then the last one is Wyoming. And they increased the, re- or they said no to increasing the retirement age for judges. And they revised the rules for state investments. But I think the one that I was interested in was increasing the retirement age. Oh, I'm interested in that too, because that means they have a state law that says you have 
to retire by a certain age. Is that what I'm to understand? If you're a judge? Yeah. yeah. And they wanted to increase that. <laughs> and I was like, nah, those old farts can get the hell out of here. I don't know how I feel about that. Because on the one hand, it seems super ageist. But on the other hand, it's like, I'm fucking tired of old fogies running the country. So, but how am I going to feel when I'm an old fogie? I don't, I, right. I, I'm torn. So, I'm so torn. I am so, I'm at a loss. <laughs> <laughs> so, after that long winded thing, that's not so much necessarily the whole red, blue Senate shit. These initiatives that I was focusing on show me that so many voters in so many states. The ballot initiatives make you pause and make you think about it because if it's just Republican or Democrat, people just go, oh, Republican all the way. Oh, Democrat all the way. These made people pause and think because there was there was no red blue on the line. And a lot of people voted smart in these states. Yeah. And like to the degree in which there it there was red blue on the line, it was like it's 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 always it always seems to be like a secondary thing. Right. Because ballot initiatives are the thing that really affect people directly where they live. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's. this goes to what we say about how there should be less federal government, more decentralized state government. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm never going to consider, I mean, I'm, I've, I've, I'm leaning, I lean more and more libertarian. It seems like every day, but I'll never call myself an anarcho capitalist. I think there's definitely a, a place for government, but I think that government needs to be shrunk, and I, I I think I've made it quite clear that I think our tax dollars, most of them, need to go to our direct municipalities and and smaller chunks up the chain, so you get to the federal government. I think that's I think that's I think that's the best way to do it, and I think the ballot initiatives really show you where American people, where the American people are, but not only where the American people are where they are individually, where they live. Because what affects people in Montana and what affects, affect us. what affects me here in Metro Detroit, what affects you in Tampa Bay or, you know, New Hampshire or Phoenix. New Hampshire? Yeah, very different. No, it's, it's, it's a what, what about Bob joke. Oh, sorry. You ever seen What About Bob yeah, with Bill it's, Murray? It's been a while. Uh, but yeah, it's like, it's, it's it, 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 the way we live is very different. And that's what I love about our republic and that is why we need to stop nationalizing politics it's Mm -hmm. why we need to start localizing politics and taking the power away from this duopoly which is what Corey and i are going to continue to fight for as long as we do this show so with that Corey walsh uh give the people the uh call to action here Libservative Podcast is found on all social media and podcast platforms. Our website is podpage.com slash Libservative. We can be found on Libservative on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Instagram and Twitter at Libservative Pod. And you can find our transcripts at libservativepodcast.wordpress.com. Our TikTok videos can be found at Libservative Podcast. And you can reach out directly at libservativepod at gmail.com. Subscribe today. Subscribe Go ahead. today. Subscribe today to Libservative Podcast. Uh, but for real, if you like the show, go ahead and follow it. We'll, it'll give you the update when we're coming on live. And uh, if you want to listen to any of our past episodes, we are on all your social media and podcast platforms. If you listen, like it, give us a review. It helps more people find this show. And hopefully we see us as a voice that's calling the bullshit on the two-party system. Fostering political and cultural literacy. Until- Two intellectual idiots. <laughs> 
Until next time. Navigating through all the political noise. Until next time, he's been Corey Walsh. And he has been Dan Griffin. This has been Libservative, and we are out of here. Peace. We the people cannot stand that.